0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Before we begin, let me tell you quickly about Peterson Toyota, who is the largest dealership in Northern Colorado, and they've been doing it for 50 years. They have the best selection at the best prices, and their staff will help you find the car or truck that is right for you. Stop in and ask for general manager, Mike Kroos, who is a CSU alum, diehard fan, and a great partner to RamNation.com. Our longtime Ram Nation friend, Joey B, just did that a couple of weeks ago. Not only was he treated great, but he got such a good deal, he walked away buying two cars. So Mike took care of him. They'll take care of you. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm Joel Messi here with Mike Rowe. Just trying to plow through the rest of April here, hopefully get to some warmer weather. I don't know about you, Michael, but uh, I am 100% over this snow and ready for summer. Last week, as I I think I told you, I was in Palm Desert for four days with with my dad playing in a member guest golf tournament down there at Indian Wells. And uh, it was so depressing coming back here because it snowed the next day after I got home. Uh, out in Palm Desert, weather was beautiful. Golf was spectacular. Uh, so I could stay, well, you don't want to stay there much longer than April because it's starting to really hot. But uh, I'm more of a,
1: now that I'm old, uh, I'm more of a hot guy than than being cold. So I'm always I'm always going to be kind of a, a cooler guy. I, I prefer fall. If it's about 60 degrees and I can wear a hoodie or a long sleeve and some shorts, then that's perfect. But yeah. This uh, back and forth with snow, with a ton of snow, and then seventy. I mean, again, we're in Colorado. We should know this. We both grew up here. We know. We know yep. how it is.
0: But fall's different, man. Because uh, fall, you're coming off summer, so you're ready for a little bit cooler. You got football season. Um, spring here is just brutal, especially especially when you're back in the days we were coaching baseball. The spring
1: baseball here is just miserable. I was just about to say that. You know that playing and, and coaching baseball for as long as we have like <laughs> it was the worst worst idea i don't know why it's not flipped here in colorado put put football and spring and baseball in the in the fall and then it'd be perfect yeah but think of think of all
0: the conflicts we would have with with college football we we would not be liking that at all
1: good point good point
0: <laughs> well guess what i'm drinking right now michael i got a uh, mighty river chili river jalapeno strawberry jalapeno ale it's the last of my collection um i've been trying to ration them because i picked them up like a month or so ago and i try to keep one for uh for every episode that we do and now this is my my last one so i'm gonna be fresh out so i'm due to make another visit to the brewery stop by and see dan uh i just saw that they they've got their little rivers pilsner lager back on tap which is really good four packs are starting next week so uh, i just encourage everyone to stop and say hello to dan Show Ram Nation on your phone, get a dollar off your beer, support these guys. They're great guys, great business, great beer. And uh, I know Diablo every time I he he pings me every time he's there and we FaceTime and he's he rubs it in my face that he's sitting at the bar drinking a freshie and I'm drinking out of the can. So anyway, uh, anyway, let's talk some Rams. Uh, Spring football came and went. Uh, with about you know the least amount of uh, least amount of fanfare that I can remember, I'm long gone it seems like the days of making it a, a day at the stadium with the pancake breakfast and you know watching some football, talking to coaches and players afterwards. I know these last two springs have been weird due to COVID. I mean, spectators and media haven't even been allowed to practice or been been allowed at practice or. Uh, with any of the activities around the team, uh, other than the, the the football games that that we had, media was allowed there. Um, but, you know, aside from that, it just feels like we're never going to go back to those days where, you know, remember Sonny basically gave everybody full access to his program. Anybody could come in the gate, sit there and watch football. Um, you know, I feel like spring ball, the excitement around spring ball started to die, to die a little bit around coach Fairchild he kind of changed the format of the spring game McElwain certainly did did like a point system um rather than an actual scrimmage game and I don't even think I attended a single Bobo spring game I don't know about you Mike but um you know he started moving his spring games to like Tuesdays, (laughs) Tuesdays, <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I, I don't think he wanted anybody involved or watching it. In, in and in my opinion, that's not a very good approach, especially here at CSU, when you want as many fans to feel connected and, and be around the program. I do. I'm not saying that at all that that's going to be Adazio's mo, um, but you know, that's just the way it was these last two springs with the way proto- so COVID protocols were, and you know, things being different. I hope they get back to making spring you know, the, the spring game, more of an event
1: next year and going forward. You know, I, I, like one of my favorite tailgates um, from college was, would, would have been the 95 spring game. Um, me and my buddies, like we had a little hibachi grill, like about the size, about the size of a folder, a piece of paper. that is as, as big of a grill that we had. And we grabbed some, just some brocks and sausages, some forties. And we just sat there and, tailgated it was cold but yeah the same thing it, there was just a, a a feeling and you know you're right it started going away with with fairchild part of it was I, I, again that kid getting ran over uh by George Hill, George Hill. and so i know because of that there, there had to be some changes and then when they did, when they did some renovation on Hughes and they moved it to to french uh, field um started going away then but I mean, you, you're kind of right with, I went to a few uh, under Bobo and the first one, it was like, people were more excited that because Todd Gurley was there and that Larry Eustacey and Ram master made an appearance that ah. uh, were walking through the crowd, but hardly anybody was actually watching the game. And then the next year they, they played it at the lagoon. And uh, I remember going, going there for that. And, and. And then the first year at Canvas, it was just cold and and. But then you're right, yeah. Bobo started doing them on Thursdays and and when, like in the middle of the week. And you know it is sad, you especially when you turn on ESPN uh, on the U and you see, fifty thousand for Bama's spring game. You see, you see, you know Nebraska when they in normal times they're getting 90 plus thousand in there. You're getting 60,000 at Camp Randall. And even back in the day, we would get 10,000, you know, at, at Hughes at historic Hughes stadium. I miss that. And it, you know, it, it was, it was good. Cause it's always laid back it was a lot more family oriented and it was just a good time. And hopefully, hopefully coach Adazio does want to do that. Again, this year was different, but, I mean, you, you mentioned it, media wasn't allowed. And, and that was something that started happening with, with McElwain, started happening was big when Bobo was there, was just not having media present at practices. And we miss out on a lot. You know, Mike Brohard does a great job, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for CSURams.com, but he's an, uh, an employee of the university, he's an employee of the athletic department. So it's, it's just not the same. You know, it'd be awesome if, you know, Justin Michael uh, was there. You know, riding and he, awesome. If you and I were able to go there and, and you know do a live podcast or or watch and then talk about a practice, but hopefully that changes next year and we and we can do that.
0: Yep. Well, we're going to be bringing here in just a couple minutes. Offensive line coach Louis Adazio, um, who I met last July, uh, last uh, February at the recruiting roundup at Cherry Hills. He's a really fun guy to talk to. Young, Lots of energy. So we're going to ask him about how spring ball went, what to expect this fall, and a lot more. But before that, I wanted to ask you, Mike, we've seen not just at CSU, but across the board, and not just in football, but also basketball, but we're seeing a lot of players hit the transfer portal. And uh, just yesterday, we saw cornerback Kevon Bailey say that he was entering the portal. Today, we saw defensive back Lathan Adams. He was at spring camp. He's already leaving. He's a freshman. Um, He announced on Twitter today that he's entering the portal. We've already seen Christian Cumber, Xavier Goldsmith enter the portal. Uh, Those are another defensive backs, and we saw Brandon Crossley leave last year. He's at SMU now. I know all these guys probably have their own unique reasons, Uh, but you had an interesting point on the board, which, which I liked, that if kevon bailey's name was mike Rowe, your name um nobody would have cared as much that he entered the portal yesterday um which i'll, I'll let you share what you're thinking is there and i agree with you but um you have, you also i want i'm curious you got to wonder when you see five defensive backs five defensive backs exit the program within the last 12 months is that a reflection of the program is that a some sort of a clash going on with coach perkins uh who coaches cornerbacks or chuck heater who's the defense coordinator and the safeties
1: coach. So you got to wonder some of these things. You know, it's, you know, I I was thinking about this on a, on a scale of one to 10 on, you know, how much it bothers me. I'd say it's probably about a three, like it's tough losing that kind of depth. I mean, if we go back to the 2017 season, you know, you look how banged up Slager looked at at how banged up Vogel, uh, Vogel was. Jordan. And then when Jamal Hicks broke his, his forearm, that first half against Utah state, I mean, we, we were six and two at that point and our season kind of turned around. Uh, You know, we sat together in the New Mexico bowl and I mean, we had defensive backs that shouldn't have been on the field, whether they were injured and having to play or they just weren't division one. So I mean, I love our starters or who's penciled in, but I, it, it, does, it does scare you about having depth, but at the same time, is a quality depth. Um, you know, you look, one of them committed to, I think Southwest Missouri State uh, already. Another committed to Idaho State. Um, it's not like they're leaving and going to huge programs. Even SMU's a, a lateral move uh, with Cro- Crossley, but that was that was that was somebody that he, he had already committed to SMU earlier and then changed his mind, came to CSU and then went back. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, I'm not too concerned because I, I think there's just going to be a major reset for athletics right now. And I think coaches and players are going to be more honest with themselves on. Is this the right fit? Is, is this the place where I'm going to get get to play? Is this a place that is above my playing level? Is this a place that's below my, my playing level? And, you know, w- w- the comment on Bailey. Now, first of all, all these guys <laughs> are <laughs> head and shoulders more athletically talented than I am, than 99.9% of the people that are on the Ram Nation. So I'm not, I don't want to get down on, on, on these players. But some a few people were like, oh, it's just such a huge loss losing Bailey. Oh, Bailey's such a huge loss. You know, he just had so much talent. You know, this is his third year in the program, and he wasn't a starter. Um, you look, he didn't even play in half the games last year, and we only played four. Um, it's It's one of those where I think if somebody's truly talented, truly special, they come in from day one, and they start playing, you know, and if, and again, if his name was was not Bailey, if it was Mike Rowe, no one would be batting an eye on well, why is he leaving? You know, or this is a huge loss. This is you know hurting the program. Because at the end of the day, like he's had two years of on-field performance that hasn't shown that he's at that caliber, you know, and again, if if his name's not his name. You look at it, and and he was a late signee. It wasn't somebody that committed early. Now, Adams did, and part of it, I think there's going to be another huge thing with, with this season's recruits across the board because coaches did not get a chance to see him play. They did not get a chance to recruit him in person, and I think you're going to see a lot of players that, again, either committed too high or committed too low and uh and are going to have to leave. I think you're going to have a lot of coaches that are going to see kids for the first time and are like, "Oh, wow, this was not <laughs> this was not what we had signed up for. Um perhaps it's a better idea if if you look at other options uh to play. Now, I'm not saying that was what it was. Could be he got uh, he got out of Texas for the first time and he didn't like it. Right. I just I I'm not liking the number of players we're seeing,
0: not just at CSU, but all across the board, basketball, football, you know, just just up and leave their programs. Um, I think the NCAA has felt pressure recent years to change its rules, allow this kind of flexibility to to take away that penalty of sitting out a year. Um, you know, I, I I feel like. Right before our very eyes, the the thing that made college football appealing and vantage uh, is it's vanishing because you don't have, I mean, you've got guys that are the first sign of adversity, the first sign that they may not be a starter. They're going to jump to the, the grass is greener that you're losing that school spirit, school pride, that loyalty, the honor of representing your university and alumni. It's uh, it's it's, I don't want to blame them because you got to do what's right for you, but I just don't like the direction of, of college football right now, college athletics in general. I mean, it's college football, especially is more semi-pro now than amateur these days. It seems like, you know, you're getting, you're getting, uh, stipends for players. You're getting now they're going to get paid for their likeness, use of their likeness and, and more power to them. But I just feel like we're losing a little bit of what was, um, that great allure of college football. And so, um, we're going to bring in uh, our guest for today, Louis Dazio. We can ask him about these things and get his thoughts on, on spring football and, and a lot more. So I'm pleased to welcome in CSU offensive line coach Louis Dazio to Ram Nation Radio. Louis joined his father's staff here at CSU in January 2020 after a season coaching the tight ends at Bowling Green. Prior to that, he spent three seasons at Ohio State, including the last two as a Graduate assistant with the offensive line under head coach Urban Meyer. During that span at Ohio State, he worked with five offensive linemen that were drafted in the NFL, including first rounder Billy Price in 2018. He was a three-year letterman at tight end for Boston College. Um, It's embarrassing how young this guy is. Uh, He was born when I was halfway through college, so um, I don't know what in the world is happening right now. Uh, But anyways, thanks very much for joining us, Louie.
2: Hey, what's going on?
0: Louie, how are you? doing good how are you i'm good thanks for taking some time to join us
2: yeah absolutely fired up to be on and great to meet you and uh you know it's uh it's great to talk about football again
0: it is absolutely uh, spectacular to be talking about football again and hopefully we're getting back to uh you know this fall hopefully we're back to full, full bore and um You know, Mike and I were talking about how what a shame it was that we didn't really get to see any spring ball that's usually kind of the lead in to get you excited for summer and fall and uh, so we'll talk about that but uh, before you came on we're talking about you know in general about the current state of athletics in both football and basketball where players are entering the transfer portal kind of at alarming rates um CSU has had 10 I think this year uh including a few DBs a couple couple in the past day um is this just the era that we're living in you know where I don't know it's hard to say this I don't want to bash anybody but it, where the going gets tough you kind of hit the transfer portal and see, go with with what's what looks where the grass is greener I'm sure each and every one of these guys had individual reasons for leaving Louis but just curious to get your thoughts as a coach on on this whole situation Yeah.
2: You know, um, obviously transferring something that's happened throughout. I was a transfer in college. Um, and I was uh, fortunate in college to receive a waiver to play immediately. Um, so obviously transferring has been around now, obviously with the new transfer rule, um, they anticipate higher rates of transferring and obviously it's just a, you know, an individual basis, you know, what each, um, you know, player in their family feels is in the best interest of them. And, And obviously they have to do what they feel is, is, is best for them. And, uh, you know, we move forward. Um, But obviously, you know, it's uh, it's the new wave right now. And, um, you know, obviously it's going to be a part of college football moving forward. And like anything else, people have to adapt and, um, you know, you know, kind of rock and roll. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's something that's that's it's a new normal now. And uh, a lot of people are still figuring out quite how to handle that with, uh, you know, with your numbers and your scholarships and kind of how to manage that. Because there's frankly, there's a lot that goes into that. And with this now being something that can happen throughout the year, it's um, it's definitely something that, you know, coaching staffs are really going to have to manage.
0: I know this might be an impossible question for you to, to answer, but it's one that I, I keep seeing pop up on social media and on Ram Nation message boards. And, you know, when you see five DBs leave within 12 months, you see a couple in the last day. Um, is there is there a coincidence there? Is there a clash with a coach or a scheme um, or is it just, you know, is there any commonality there or is it just kind of a coincidence that that, that's, that's what happens sometimes?
2: No, I mean, you know, really, like I said, you know, obviously it's a, it's a a individual player basis and, and they're doing what they feel is best for themselves in conjunction with their family. Um, I know we're very fired up about, you know, the players we have here and the direction we're going and there's great excitement there. Um, but again, like I said, not to be repetitive, but it's just kind of the truth, you know, it's just an individual, you know, basis, you know what I mean? And guys make decisions, what they feel is, is in their best interest.
1: Now, obviously it was both ways. I mean, you've had players going in the transfer portal. Have we been getting a, a lot of interest from, from players outside of, uh, you know CSU that have entered themselves and have been reaching out to uh, to play in Fort Collins. Yeah,
2: I mean we're a you know we're a highly desirable school. Um, you know, obviously you guys have seen these facilities. As I sit here in these facilities, these facilities are unbelievable. This town, obviously, it was just on on the athletic the other day. I mean, this this town is is unbelievable. People love it here. I love it here. I'd never been here before, and my wife and I. I mean, we love Colorado. We love Fort Collins, and so. To answer your question this is a place that's always going to be highly desirable for people to come to and you've seen that with with guys coming from other schools coming in here and and there's great trust with our coaching staff. Um, you know you look across the board there's some you know there's some stats that that I was told yesterday in terms of development. Um, you know we 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 when you go back and look at a past 10 year study and again not to bore you guys but you go back and look at a 10 year study um with, with coach when he was at Boston College and Temple Um, I believe, you know, and I don't want to butcher this and and I know Kyle Neves was was working on something, but we're talking about a top 20 coaching staff in terms of development with, with player ratio, which is really impressive. And I'm, and it's going to be more clear later on um, because I'm not doing it, you know, a service with saying it the right way, but what I'm getting at is there's tremendous trust that our coaching staff can develop guys. And, you know, you see a guy like Vince Picosi, who played a lot of football where he was at before, and he's coming in here now, um, you know, with a mindset to, to go play in the NFL. And he has great trust that we can do that for him. So, long story short, not to bore you, yeah, we're a
0: highly desirable location. Regarding the transfers, um, it was interesting talking with a couple of the assistant basketball coaches uh, and Nico at the end of the year. You know, as that season wound down, the one thing they said was, you know, our job now is to, <clears throat> yes, we want to go out and recruit new players. We got a spot to fill. We got to go, get the, get the right guy, but. Our biggest task is going to be re-recruiting the guys on our own roster what can what do you guys do to you know you're, you're different you're, you're managing 100 players on a roster as opposed to uh, 15 or so but what you talk about this as a team how do you keep people happy and, and keep people engaged and and knowing that this is the right program for for them with you guys
2: yeah I mean I can speak to my little world of my o line. And, you know, it starts with, with, you know, coach talking about love and trust and that's what our program is going to be built on is love and trust and bringing that in and into the meeting rooms and, and this offensive line room, you know, we have a good mixture of, I mean, we have, you know, multiple guys who transferred in multiple young guys, guys who've been here and just developing love and trust and a camaraderie and just, you know, knowing that, you know, hard work pays off and, you know, things work out the way they're supposed to, you know what I mean? And, 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 Good things happen to good people who work hard. And that's just the motto that I've always believed in. And, you know, but if you build a a foundation off of love and trust and you've got a tremendous bond with your players and they love you and they trust you and you the same, you know, great things are going to happen. And we truly believe that. And that's something that starting from the head coach here, filtering down to the position coaches in the position rooms, um, we really feel like we're building something like that here.
0: Yeah, I was telling Mike before you came on that it felt like, there was such a disconnection from us fans with spring football due to the pandemic and you know no media allowed at practices no fans allowed at practices um you know i know that the the basketball program was also kind of amidst their run to the postseason so it was just it was just a weird it was weird the lack of like information a lack of discussion around football which is not usual um but so I would love to get your perspective on how spring went. Um, I know the players and coaches alike, and we're kind of talking about how this spring was night and day different, better than, than the last. Why, why do you guys say that?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, obviously the, your first point about people, you know, want to get around football now. And obviously with fans not being around and we highly anticipate this will be the most exciting college football season in a long time for every school across the country, because, People love football. They want to be there. They want to watch it. They want to read about it. They want to be around it. So people are going to remember this football season. And that's what we echo to our team every day. And that's what we're working towards, because this will be a season unlike any other in terms of people's excitement and attentiveness to everything. Um, you know, spring ball, you know, we, we only got a, a handful of practices in last spring, only a couple of uh, padded practices. We weren't, you know, able to really, you know, put in all our techniques, all our fundamentals, because it takes time, and especially in, in, in my realm of the offensive line, our offensive line style play—it it was a whole new system for these guys, and and it takes time, and you gotta you gotta you know rebuild it from the ground up. And so, obviously, you know, with no spring ball, not a real training camp, and this season, I mean, every week we weren't sure if we were playing or not. You know, um, this spring was a real you know breath of fresh air, having you know all all the practices and having the ability to really get better and really implement what we want to do and 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 the techniques and the fundamentals and the scheme and really, you know, guys developing. There's, you know, a lot of guys, you know, in the old line room who, who have elevated their game from when we got here to now. It's really exciting to watch. Really exciting.
0: Can you talk more about that group? I mean, I mean, I know um, you look at Cam Reddy, he's probably the, the starter at center. You got um, BC transfers, uh, Adam Karutz and Uh, Elijah Johnson at the guard spots. You got Barry Wesley returning, Keith Williams returning at the tackle spots. Um, How are they looking in the spring and and who else do we have uh, to keep an eye on here in the fall?
2: Yeah, you know, listen, we told our guys in the spring, we got a a large group of guys who are all competing to get on the field. And they're all doing a hell of a job and and they're really working hard. And it's exciting to really have a large group of guys, you know, trying to get on the field and, and doing a great job and getting reps. You know, you look across the board with, you know, like you said, with, with guys you brought in, like Cam Crutz and Elijah, getting to play a little football last year. Obviously, Barry Wesley has been a guy who's, who's really been a, it's a, a true success story here at Colorado State from walking on to being an all-conference guy and, and looking forward to having a big year from Barry. Keith Williams was a guy who played a lot of football last year, and he's taking his game to another level. We're really excited about that. Uh, Chess Jackson's another guy who he, he's starting to – you know, mature on the field as he gets older and getting a lot of reps. And we're really, really excited about the next step for him in his uh, progression. Then you bring in a guy like Vince, who started at all five positions um, at Temple. So he's started all over in college. We're really excited about what Vince can bring to the table. And then these young guys, we're really excited about these freshmen, you know, Ty Marks, Owen Snively, Gage Gaynor, Dirk Nelson, Grant Stewartson, Tex Elliott, Brian Crespo, um, Alex Azuznas all the guys across the board. And um, what I love is, you know, they're really into it right now and they're really into getting better. And every day it's fun because every day we got a goal we're going after and everyone's, you know, in unison to get to that goal. But a lot of guys competing, a lot of guys, you know, getting reps, which is really exciting, which is the way it should be.
0: You you think we're closer? Um, I know that you guys would love to run, run, run the ball and and really dictate the line of scrimmage. Um, That's one thing we've struggled well beyond – You guys being here, um, you know, the last few years of Bobo, we really struggled to run the football. Do you feel like this offensive line, obviously we need, you know, running backs to do their part, but do you feel like we're getting closer to that, to what you guys want to be as far as running the ball? Yeah, we've taken a huge step from when we got here to now in
2: establishing the line of scrimmage. And when I say establish the line of scrimmage, that could be running the ball, that could be throwing the ball, that could be screens, that could be draws. That's what I mean in establishing the line of scrimmage. And every day, our mindset's to win the line of scrimmage. I can promise you that here. And, and I you know, really believe these guys have really gotten excited about that. And that's the goal, and that's the mission. And every day, we're going after that. Um, and it's it's very exciting. you know. And, and obviously, it's your point of, of the mentality, because if you do a great job of uh, establishing and winning the line of scrimmage, that gives you the ability to get the ball in your playmaker's hands, which is what we want to do, whether it be quick touches, down-the-field touches, handoffs, you name it win the line of scrimmage, get the ball in your playmaker's hands, and good things happen.
1: Coach, I mean, you just listed off all your players, which is a heads-up coach move, because now they all got their name on, on, on the podcast. But it's been about the 2017 since we've had a uh, true 2 d uh, on the offensive line. And if you looked as the last time that we had a, a winning season. Uh, listen, all those players, uh, how close were we to having that, that complete – Where one guy comes down, we got somebody else that can step in and we're not going to miss a beat.
2: We're very close to that. We're very close to having having a complete offensive line with a lot of guys who can get reps, who can play and who can who can play at a high level. Um, You know, and obviously that's something that coach and myself were big believers in is multiple guys playing, Um, staying fresh. And, and, you know, that's something that we truly believe in and that's something we're working towards and we feel great about it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm truly jacked up about this offensive line room, really excited about it. Guys, older guys, elevating their game, younger guys, elevating their game, you know, different guys who are, who are, you know, real, real success stories, obviously, you know, a guy like Jock Phillips, who's played a little bit of football here, um, you know, he's a guy who. Who's lost a tremendous amount of weight and is like a complete new player this year as opposed to last year. And we were just talking about it with him today and he's fired up about it. And it's just, a, it's really cool to see guys, you know, taking steps forward. It's all about taking steps forward. And so, like you said, I mentioned all my guys because I really feel like everyone took a step forward this spring, whether it be older or younger, and guys are pushing each other and there's competition, which is the way it should be, in our opinion. That's how it should be up front on the offensive line.
0: Um, so lots has been talked about in regards to the QB position. Obviously, that's always going to be the case. And Todd Hinteo. you know, he struggled in a few games that he played in last year. I know he was playing on a fractured ankle. This is extremely small sample size. Um, you know, I like his ability to extend plays; it's very appealing. Um, he did struggle with some accuracy, especially on some third down situations, but. Coach Adazio, your dad, um, has conviction when he talks about him and says, you know, when he he expresses confidence in Toddy as the starting quarterback of the team. What do you see in him? And and I guess why should fans be as confident?
2: Well, I mean, first off, we we saw him make his first career start on the road down a couple players, and he really made some tremendous plays. He rushed for 92 yards. would have been 100 if we, uh, you know, had made a couple more blocks for him up front, to be honest with you. Um, and, and he's got a great arm. He can throw a deep ball now. And obviously you saw in different spots, some guys could have helped him out here and there were some plays. So when you're watching the tape, that's clearly evident, but we're very excited about Todd. He's a leader. He's a winner. He's a competitor. Okay. And that's shown day in and day out. And that's been day in and day out since he got here, a winner and a competitor. You got those two characteristics. You got a chance at the quarterback position in my humble offensive line opinion, but, uh, you know, every day Toddy gets after it. You know, he leads and guys want to follow him. He's got that juice factor, which is important and really excited about his, uh, you know, development this spring and, 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 and and John Budmeier is coming here and done a fabulous job with him and helping him elevate his game. But we're really excited about Toddy. I love Toddy. I have a great relationship with Toddy and um, he does a great job with the offensive line, but you know, he has the ability to, to vertically, throw plays and 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 with his legs and 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 you name it and and he does a great job getting the ball in the playmaker's hands which is the most important
0: thing do you uh i mean that, that's the ideal situation he comes in and 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 really takes over the offense and is your leader from day one did you mm-hmm. everyone's always going to look at what are their other op- opportunities you got some young guys that came in with some fanfare do, mm-hmm. I know that you don't oversee the quarterbacks, but when you look at them, do you know if do you think any of these young guys have a chance to contend for that job or or push him at at least?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, any guy coming in is going to have an opportunity to get reps and to get a chance to to contend. You know what I mean? Whether it be Jonah O'Brien or or any of the young guys, um, they're all going to get that opportunity. Um, They just got to you know take advantage of those reps and 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 roll with it. But obviously, there's definitely there's a definite advantage for an older quarterback. You know what I mean? um with with reps and with overall football iq obviously the speed of the game and, and and the overall football 101 is a lot different when they get to the to the next level um of college so you know just really getting a good grasp on that next step and then and going into training camp where it's you know it's football 24 7 so you get another great you know chance to really grow and develop um but really excited um you know, as a staff about the quarterback position, about Toddy and, and, and what he can do. And, you know, when you go back and watch those games from last season, there were some great plays he made. There's plays he wished he had back, which he'd be the first one to say. Um, but that's all the growth and development of a quarterback. I mean, you're talking a guy who was making his first career start and playing the most football he'd ever played in his career. So, you know, there's going to be ups and downs and battling through it. And that's why I love and respect Toddy because of the way he attacks every day. Um, whether it's a, a bad pass great pass doesn't matter he's a competitor because the most important thing in the world to toddy is to move the chains and score touchdowns that's the most important thing to him which is what it's all about you move the chains you move the ball you move the
0: ball you put it in the end zone you put it in the end zone good things will happen you know do you see this as this offense has taken that next step this year i mean i think we're all excited to, to finally have a defense that you're i mean you're really looking forward to this defense next year defense should be really stout. Um, the offense, um, if you have a, 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 an offense that can move the ball and, and put up some points, this is a recipe for a really good team. Do you expect the offense to be able to, to get there?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're really, really excited about the development of the offense. And, and again, different playmakers who are emerging and, 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 you know, our our jobs to get the ball in our playmakers hands. Um, and we're really excited about that. And then obviously, like you said, going against the, the defense every day, um, you know, enough can't be said about the D line. There's some leaders in that D line room and and it's great for our offensive line to go against them. And we had some real battles this spring, which is ex- exciting, you know, and uh, guys getting after it and uh, doing a great job up front. And, you know, it, it, it creates competition. You need competition day in and day out. It's a competitive sport. So any opportunity you get to, you know, go against a great defense is tremendous because you gotta, you gotta elevate your game. And if you don't, it'll show. And so, day in and day out, when you got to elevate your game, eventually it becomes second
1: nature. So, uh, you, you just talked about the importance of, of having a full screen with your unit, with the offensive line. Uh, uh, going back to, to last fall in the abbreviated season, uh saw some great glimpses from divins uh, I mean, you, just, you mentioned Tati and, and some of the runs he made. How do you think that's going to help our running team having that full – having that full – 16 practice in the spring having the full uh time in the weight room and then just being able to chill yeah i mean i think you know
2: i think most o-line coaches would say to run the football successfully you got to put in the work day in and day out and it's a grind and it's not always pretty sometimes you got one two yard runs then the six seven then you hit the 70 80 yard runs and that's just development and that is a day in and day out grind And, you know, you got to run the football to win a championship. You got to put the ball in the playmaker's hands to win a championship. And our philosophy, you know, score points. You know what I mean? That's our job. So, however, you know, we need to do that. We have some tremendous playmakers here in the receiver room, the running back room, the tight end room. We've got some tremendous tight ends, multiple really good tight ends. And just getting the ball to them as best we can. But it all starts up front on both sides of the ball. And on the offensive line, you you know, you got to win the line of scrimmage, whether it be it protection or in the run game, when you win the line of scrimmage, good things will happen. And, you know, we talk about that. That's something we've talked about since we got here. And like I said, it it doesn't just happen. You got to put in the work day in and day out. That's a full spring. That's a full training camp. That's a full summer with a mindset and a mentality to win the line of scrimmage. And and that's what we do here.
0: Head coach Adazio has come out and said Mm -hmm. winning the mountain West should be our realistic goal this year. Why does he feel that? this is a realistic goal this year. What pieces are you excited about that make you think that this can happen?
2: Well, when you go out and you see our team practice, you see guys all over the field making plays and elevating their game. And, and we talked about as a team today, that's the goal to go compete for a championship. Um, Something that CSU has not done in a very long time. I believe last time we won the championship was 92, 93, possibly 92. Um, But uh, you know, That's something that that we're 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 training towards, we're grinding towards, and there's an excitement in the air. There truly is, and I can just tell you, we got a, a great group of guys out there that love playing football, love being teammates with each other, and have a passion for the game. And it's just it's really really exciting, and we're 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 very you know, very much looking forward to having a great summer and a great training camp to put ourselves in position to have a great season and go compete. And 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 like I said. It's great to talk about, but you got to put in the work day in and day out because there's a price to pay to get there, and that's our mindset. And we're paying that price every day. And our and our team has a look in their eye where we're going to go and get that done.
1: You just you just brought up the tight ends, um, and as a former tight end, um, you're right. I mean, I th- I think we have a ton of talent there. Cameron Butler, how how is he progressing? I know that he was really looking forward to him last year. And uh he got injured in injured uh, in in training camp. So interested to hear how he's doing.
2: Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, Cody Booth is with was with Cam day in and day out, but just from afar getting to see him, he's he's got tremendous ability, tremendous upside, and really, really looking forward to seeing Cam out there and really anticipating Cam having a having a heck of a breakout year this year. Really anticipating that.
0: But uh, so I know you young family, obviously, you just had a, a baby recently. Congratulations, by the way. Um, how, Fort, how has Fort Collins been for you? How has is, how is being, I mean, I don't know if you've ever lived out this way. I don't think you have, but uh, how has it been living out here west?
2: Yeah, I mean, my wife and I, we love it out here. Um, obviously, I was born and raised in the Northeast, lived in Florida spent my last, what it was, five years in Ohio at different spots coaching. Um, had never been to Colorado until we moved here, and, and we love it here. Uh, my wife's a, an Orange County, California girl, and um, she loves the weather here. So, you know, if an OC person, you know, gives a thumbs up to the weather, it's good weather. But uh, we love it here. We love the town, love going out to in old town and uh, going up to Denver. And, um, you know, during COVID, um, things were shut down. We could get in our car and drive all over the place, which was really exciting. Um, it definitely gained a lot of weight and too much, uh, Josh and John's ice cream over on, uh, whatever road that is over in, is it, uh, Jessup farms. That's my spot now for ice cream. Um, and then obviously it helps when we have the unofficial mayor of Fort Collins on staff, Brian white, you know, he, uh, he finds all the eateries. I mean, I don't know how he found the cinnamon bun place up in Estes park, but that's a spot that everyone on staff now makes trips to because of him. Um, so, to answer your question, we love it here, and uh, really excited to raise our daughter here. You know, she's a she's a Fort Collins, uh, born and raised um, Ram now, so we're excited about it. That's
0: awesome. Uh, Co- head coach Adazio has called CSU a have in the Mountain West Conference, meaning it's got all the necessary resources to compete for championships year in year out. You've been yeah. Ohio State, you've been at Florida. What uh, you you've probably been around the facilities at Florida anyway. Um, those are some of the greatest powers in all of college football. So it's tough to compare yeah. with those. But you've also been at, you know, you played at BC, you've spent a year at Syracuse, you've been at Bowling Green. How, how does CSU around from where you've been compare facility wise and resources wise?
2: Our facilities are excellent. We have excellent facilities. Um, they're top notch and uh, we'll, we'll stack them up against anyone. And uh, we take a lot of pride in that. And I mean, this stadium is beautiful. I mean, I was trying to lose a little COVID weight and I was running the stadium steps. I'm just at the top of the stadium steps. I'm looking around at the stadium, the facilities, the campus, the town. I mean, this place is something else and we want to take this thing to the next level. and, And that's the challenge. How do we elevate this thing? And, and, and we, you know, want to get that done. And that's our mindset every day. And I can tell you, you got a highly motivated staff here that really wants to push this thing forward. And we're all working together for one common goal, but to answer your question, our facilities are excellent.
0: Just curious to get your thoughts on this shifting gears real quick. And I just got a couple more questions. I know you're going to get running here. Um, We just had a significant moment in our country where a police officer was convicted on three counts of murder of George Floyd, small step towards fixing some of the things that are really bad in our country. Uh, Just last year, we saw an incident affect one of our own players. Um, Someone on your offensive line, Barry Wesley was held at gunpoint by a freaking psycho uh just for going door to door for a roofing company um, working uh the guy was recently let off easy i think he avoided jail time um I, racism is something that still happens unfortunately everywhere in this country do you guys address this as a team how did you and, and, and also how did you support barry after that whole incident in in, in ongoing after that
2: yeah, obviously, you just, you know, open dialogue, open communication with everyone, having honest conversations and being there for one another. Obviously, with Barry, just being there for him and, and whatever we can do to, to support him. Um, and, you know, obviously, you grow from those situations. It, it builds bonds. But just just having open, honest conversation and listening and and giving everyone a chance to share their feelings and, and open, honest conversation.
0: Last thing for me. I really like the uh, the box them in man mantra that you guys have had in recruiting the last two recruiting cycles here. Are you guys seeing the type of players that you guys want in Colorado? Um, what are your expectations on recruitment success here in Colorado? And and how do you measure that progress of, of keeping those guys, those local guys home?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously Colorado is our number one priority and um, there's great talent in this state. And, and, you know, obviously with June opening back up with camps and everything, we're, you know, getting guys to, to campus and getting guys to camps and uh, really, really looking forward to getting guys on campus. Really the first time since we've been here, we have the chance to get guys to campus um, and, and, and then with camps and everything and uh, really build great relationships in the state. And that's our number one priority, but, you know, really excited to, um, hopefully here this fall, get to go on the road to some schools and, 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 and recruit everyone in person, meet the coaches and everything. Um, but I drive up and down I-25, mountains on my right, some land on my left, and stop at different schools. So we're really, really excited about that. And this is, like I said, our first opportunity to really do that with getting guys on campus and stuff like that.
1: Mike, you got anything else? Yeah, congrats. uh, One, congrats on the uh, announcing the dates for summer camp. That's huge. Got to do something. Your staff has got to. So that's awesome. Now, looking back, probably our best offensive lineman that we've had over the last few years was Trey Moxley, a kid that was recruited as a tight end that was transformed into into a tackle to at your own self tied in to working with O-line at Ohio State to being a tight end back to O-line. What is it with that kind of the transition with tight ends and offensive line that just seems to work so well? Yeah,
2: well, you know, all the drill work is the same. All the teaching points are the same. The fundamentals are the same. I mean, we were with our, with our tight ends all the time. Coach Booth and myself coached them together. I mean, it's, you know, The techniques are the same. The fundamentals are the same. The coaching points are the same. So the transitions are very easy and fluid because there's so much carryover. Um, So that through football, especially, you know, taller, bigger frame guys playing tight end who can transition over. I can tell you when I was in college, I was a I was a skinny lineman. I didn't catch any passes. I scored a touchdown, though, because the guy fumbled in the end zone. I dove on it. So. That counts as one carry for me, I think. Maybe not, but it's a touchdown. So a lot of carryover, and that's why you see that across college football a little bit.
0: Uh last thing for me, how, how is it coaching under your dad? Is that I imagine there's some special qualities to that, but also uh, I imagine maybe he might be a little uh demanding of you, probably more than anyone else.
2: You know, it's great. It's um obviously I played for him, so I experienced that and now uh, and coaching for him now um, you know, he's with me every day coaching that offensive line. Cause that, you know, I, as you know, that was his, his position throughout all his career. And, you know, when head coaches, you know, our old position coaches they can't help, but gravitates back towards, uh, you know, their old position and get around it, but it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think if you asked, uh, uh, my mother, she'd tell you, we have the same personality. So, you know, you got two of us in there, um, and we're excited about it, but it's great. I love it. And, um, you know, just really, uh, especially in this profession um, where you move around a lot and you're all over the country. And I experienced it as a coach's kid. Uh, really excited that, you know, my, my family gets to see my daughter, you know, grow up um, which is really, really special to, to myself and my wife. And uh, we're just really grateful for the opportunity and, and, you know, having fun every day. Well,
0: that's yeah. awesome, man. I, I appreciate, I appreciate all the time you've taken with us. I know that uh, you got to get running here. Mike, you have any last parting words? Yeah, I
1: got one. Um, have you guys covered up all the pictures of Charles Lovett catching it on oh, in the end zone <laughs> when, when CSU beat
0: Boston college in 2014?
2: So I, you know, obviously I was on the field that day. Uh, I actually got hurt in like the second quarter, came back in the fourth quarter. Um, not a good day for me. Uh, not a good Sunday after the game either. Um, I don't think I had a great game, especially either. So, uh, no, I don't, I don't look at that picture at all, to be honest with you. So great for CSU,
0: bad for us. <laughs> that was Sorry. a big moment in CSU history. Sorry that it was at your expense. No, it's all right. We're looking forward to have some great moments this year at other people's expense. Yep, I hope so, man. Well, uh, it was really good catching up with you, brother. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to this fall and uh, look forward to talking to you more in person.
2: Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one.
0: Thanks, Thanks Louis. All right, before we go, just a reminder that the Cash Restaurant is now open at Ginger and Baker. Stop in for hand-cut Colorado steaks and chops, killer sides, fine wine, top-shelf whiskey, and uh, don't forget to order the banana cream pie. Oh, my gosh. It is fantastic. It's back on the menu. They've also got the cafe, the bakery, the teaching kitchen, and the rooftop will soon be open as well. Ginger Grandma's is a very special thing going on there at Ginger Baker. Stop in. One of my favorite restaurants in all of Fort Collins will soon be yours. Uh, so thanks, for everybody, for listening. Thank you, Mike. Thanks to Coach Louis Adazio. Thanks to Kyle Neves for hooking this up. Uh, and thanks, all, for joining us. Have a great weekend. Go Rams. Go Rams.